The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. To call in and start calling now because we are ready to go. We hope you are as well. 416 870 Lines are open here on the radio station tonight. So uh, so bring it on. We're ready to go. We hope you are as well. Again, 416-870-6400. Stan Fainselberg is your guy answering all your questions. All part of Sanfiru Tamark and LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the country. So Ask your questions. Ask away. There is no dumb questions. It's always good to get the information. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way you want to send an email. And the website for you anytime, even when we're not on the air, even before a phone call, you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But first, uh, Stan, the uh, the week that was, brother, what do you got going for us? Yeah. Well, good to, see, good to uh, hear from you, John. And today yeah, I just want to talk about something that I've been hearing from a lot of people that I speak to uh, which is that you know, essentially they're worried about missing work and getting pressure from employers uh, in terms of missing work, largely due to COVID. So many people now, especially with so many cases around us, are really afraid to come into work, even in positions where they're essential. And the government has actually stepped in and created a program that I wanted to remind people of because a lot of people don't seem to be aware of it. Uh, it's called the Canadian Recovery Stick Benefit. And this program was specifically created for people who either think they've been infected with COVID or have been sick or are showing some sort of symptoms, uh, which allows you just based on showing symptoms or believing that you might have been infected to take a two-week absence that's protected by the government and to receive $500 payments each week for the weeks that you miss. Now, beyond that program, John, and something that really hasn't been talked, I think, enough about, is the program that's really always been in place, slightly tweaked by the government during the COVID pandemic, but that's the EI Sick Benefits Program. Uh, This program allows people right now who think uh, all you have to do to qualify is believe that you have some sort of medical issues. Right now, you don't even need a medical certificate. The government has suspended that requirement to be eligible for this program until September. So as long as you are sick, you can go and apply for EI sick benefits. And again, this is protected leave and qualify for up to 15 weeks of uh, $595 a week payments. So two very important programs, I think, that are in place right now to help people for these next few months so we can hopefully get to, you know, the point where we get back to at least some normalcy and the vaccine starts coming in. Again, you want to uh, make that phone call to uh, talk to Stan, do it now, 416-870-6400. That is the way we, we roll each and every Monday and Wednesday night as well. Tyler, thanks for standing by. Good evening. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing well yourself. Beauty. What's on your mind? Yeah, so I, uh, I work in sales. I'm a street commission employee. Uh, back when the pandemic started in March of last year, my employer mandated that we took vacation, which I wasn't that happy about, but I soon realized that they could. Uh, but what I also discovered at that time was that I was owed vacation pay 
uh, on my annual earnings because of the fact that, uh, you know, I'm not being compensated for my time at all in any way when I'm taking my uh, vacation entitlement. So, you know, I, I made a big stink about it. And, and finally, just this week, they uh, came out with some new contracts for us saying that they're going to pay that vacation pay moving forward, but they're refusing to pay us for the time that elapsed prior. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely correct in saying that everyone, you know, is in, whether you're being paid salary, hourly, commissions, you're entitled to either vacation or vacation pay. Uh, if it's under five years, it's usually 4% vacation pay on whatever you make. And that includes both commissions and bonuses. So if you get any type of bonuses on top of that, you get vacation pay as well on the bonus amounts. Yeah, so my, my question is, if I sign that new contract now, saying yeah. that I'm going to get vacation pay moving forward, it, does that prevent me from suing them for the, the vacation pay that they owe me retroactively? Well, I wouldn't say it prevents you from suing them. I mean, there's actually an easier way as well to uh, to get that money, which is just through the Ministry of Labor. Uh, you can make an uh, uh, unpaid wages complaint through Ministry of Labor, and very quickly, they'll, you know, they'll ask the employer for their payment records, and they'll see very quickly that no vacation pay has been paid, and you'll get an order for that. Uh, in terms of the moving forward and in terms of the contract generally, firstly, I would question you know, the enforceability of that contract itself. Because it doesn't sound like they're giving you anything to sign it. Now, you know, they're going to say, well, we gave you the vacation paid like you wanted. But they're not, that's not actually giving you something. You're entitled to that right now by law. So whether you sign really that that contract or not, I mean, I, I would think that's likely unenforceable unless they give you something else. And it would certainly not prohibit you from pursuing the unpaid wages that you've re you haven't received until now. The only thing well, that would really kind of stop you is the limitations period when you discovered it because you do only have two years from when you realized you have a cause of action to pursue that payment. Well, and further to that, they actually reduced our bonus when they gave us that vacation pay. Okay. Uh, when you say they reduced your bonus like a, uh, a set amount, or is it that because it was reduced because you made less bonus with various objectives? No, it was they, they said to make up for the fact that they're now going to pay us vacation pay, they're reducing the amount of bonus that we're going to get each year, just the salespeople. Right. Well, I mean, it doesn't sound like they're really giving you anything. I would strongly urge you probably not to sign that contract and because you have actually no reason to. You can't be forced to sign an employment contract. You have, Even if you have no written contract right now, you have an employment contract. It's an oral or implied contract. But it exists, and if you, and really, it doesn't sound like they're doing anything to give you any incentive to sign this contract. I would probably tell you not to sign it. Awesome. You guys got time for one more quick one? Uh, yes, we do. I, I'm also bound to a non-competition clause right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, interested in the idea of working for a competitor, uh, but just worried of whether or not that non-compete non is enforceable should I do that. Can, can you comment at all on uh, whether or not those clauses tend to be enforceable? Well, I would say they generally tend not to be enforceable, but the factors that you want to really look at are, number one, how long is the non-compete, the temporal scope of it, uh, and number two, the geographic scope of it, you know, how 
uh, is an on-compete tailored to a specific area where you worked, or is it, say, all of Ontario where, you know, you only work in Toronto? And the other thing is essentially how reasonable is it? You know, is, the, is this non-compete actually preventing some harm to the company, or is it just something that they blanket put in every contract when really, you know, as, depending on your position, it may have no relevance to you whatsoever? So those are the kind of things you should evaluate when you decide, you know, looking at the non-compete. The real, the real concern really when it comes to non-competition clauses is that they can kind of be used as a sword to, tr- to essentially drag you into litigation. And even if the clause itself is not enforceable, you're going to have to be spending time, money, and effort to defend that litigation. So that's the real concern, I would say, when you're looking at these non-compete clauses. Yeah, I mean, like the one they have right now says all of Ontario for 12 months, and the new contract oh, now says all of Canada for 12 months. Settle down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And something like that is almost never going to be enforceable. Unless, you know, Firstly, do they even operate in all of Canada? That's the first question. And secondly, I mean, presuming you don't operate in all of Canada, why is it telling you you can't work in anywhere in Canada when you've only worked in you know, Toronto, let's say? So it, does, it sounds to be overly broad to me, but as I said, it's not really so much about the clause as it is about the, you know, vindictiveness of your employer, so to speak. Got it. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for your time too, Tyler. It's uh, you want to reach out to us uh, to stand any other time when we're not doing the show. No problem. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. With more questions, you got help at employmentlawyer.ca. One phone call down. Bring them on. We got more. We got tons of room. Lots of time. It's uh, seven sixteen. We'll carry on four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number to call. We'll take a uh, short break here in a couple of minutes and get uh, get right back to it. Um, yeah, I mean. It's, Ontario, Canada. The next clause is going to be the Milky Way for 12 months. You can't work in your own galaxy. I mean, this do they just put that in there just to scare people off so they don't even challenge it? I mean, what are we talking about here? All well, of Canada? I, that's, that's mental. I, I definitely think that's part of it. Uh, oftentimes, I think it's just a matter of laziness. You know, they create a clause that may apply and might actually be enforceable against an executive, you know, who may have a lot of information that's very confidential and can actually do quite a bit of harm if they go to a competitor. So, and I have seen, to be fair, a clause uh, that said all of Canada that was enforceable because it applied to a highly, you know, somebody very high in the organization who was a fiduciary of the company and had a lot of information that could hurt the company. And, but in almost every other instance, a clause like that is going to be what we call overly broad. It's not properly tailored to the individual. It's you know usually copy and pasted from a different contract, and that's why these clauses tend to not be enforceable. That is something generally if, if someone wants to look at and call you, you can negotiate that out uh, for the most part quite often, can't you? It, you know, it, it all comes down to bargaining power. John, um, you know, you got to use your leverage, the leverage you have as an employee uh, when at the time you're being hired to try to get rid of these clauses. And uh, honestly, I mean, it depends on the environment, depends on what other opportunities you have. Every individual is going to be a different uh, bargaining position there. For some individuals, you know, they're they're needed by the company and they can bargain that out of the the contract. For others, you know, they may not have a choice and they have to decide whether to sign the contract as is or to not accept that opportunity. 
We'll take a uh, short break, Stan, and give you some time to give us a call here. 416-870-6400-718. Early, lots of time to go. 416-870-6400. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show. This is Global News Radio. And welcome back. Yeah, Employment Law Show right here at uh, 721. Lots of time. 416-870-6400. That is how you ask your questions. You want to email us and Stan will read those out or I'll read them out and Stan will answer them. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you have questions about uh, employment rights, this is your show. Of course, Mondays, Wednesday nights, the weekends as well. Been terminated, you've been laid off or wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, experience, change your job, uh, human rights issues, some other questions, even just about severance, call us and you'll get the answers that you need to know. In that regard, before we get to a pile of emails, Stan, want to get to another phone call because our callers are always top priority. Tammy, thank you for standing by. Good evening. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Excellent. What's uh, What's on your mind? Uh, it's kind of a little bit complicated, but my daughter was on a 15-week medical leave um, for medical, medical. Her doctor signed her off. She went back to work. Her first day back to work, she was called into the office and reprimanded for doing the same thing she was doing before she went on her medical leave. Uh, mm-hmm. The who's training her right now is the girl that wants her position, that filled in for uh, a temporary position. She's not comfortable going back to work. Her doctor said he he would sign her off longer. Is she eligible for another 15 weeks, only going back for a week? Uh, So she was off for the 15 weeks in terms of the and collecting EI sick benefits, you mean? Yes. Okay. I believe at this time they've changed the rules so that she can be eligible. Now, there's a couple of other. If she's not eligible for that program in particular, she might still qualify for the CRB program, the Canadian Recovery Benefits. Okay. So between the two, uh, as long as obviously she's got a medical issue, you know, it sounds like she her doctor is supportive of taking the leave. Uh, the other thing you might want to consider, and I don't know if this applies, is does your daughter have short-term disability policy through her employer? That would allow her to take disability leave that way. I think she. I think that might be what she did the first fifteen weeks. They paid for ninety percent. Oh, okay. So, I, so yeah, that, yeah, that's so that's insurance. Yeah. yeah. So that's Sorry? not uh, that's not a government program. That is an insurance policy, essentially, a short-term disability policy. And absolutely, she would qualify for that as many times as she needed it. As many times as obviously you know. She, the insurer assesses her to qualify, which they don't tend to do as often as they should, and oftentimes how our disability practice and disability lawyers get involved. All right. Thank you very much. I'm Actually, I have took down your information, so I'll get her to call you directly because she's really getting a runaround. But that was very helpful. Thank you so much, and have a good night, guys. Perfect. Uh, thanks. thanks, Tammy. Appreciate it, and appreciate your time to call this evening as well. Yeah, just in case, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The number to call Stan and his team when the show is uh, done or uh, going forward from that point on. And help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's exactly where we're going to go with our uh, pal Kill uh, Kim. Kim writes and says, "Guys, I've been on lay- uh, laid off work since March twenty twenty." And my employer told me they intend to recall me back to work in February of this year, which is now. Does the time between March and February 2021 count towards my years of service with the company? That's a great question, Kim. And the answer is it absolutely does. A a leave of absence or a layoff does not constitute a break in your employment. Uh, You are still an employee of the company and your years of, uh, of 
service continue to accrue whether you're working or not. And I guess that's a key point. If it ever comes down the the pike that she gets let go, well, she's got that extra year to add to her uh, her benefits or entitlements because that'll count towards her severance, right? Absolutely. I mean, I've seen situations, John, where a person's been off on sick leave for a decade or more. Wow. Uh, and they ended up counting every year because, again, you are still an employee in that situation. And regardless of whether the company wants to consider it or not, they have to consider you to be a 15, 10, 20-year employee. Again, the uh, email address we use here during the show, help at employmentlawyer.ca, but the phone number works as well. Here's how you reach uh, Stan and a member of the crew anytime, one 821 5900 the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, but here and now, 416-870-6400. Bring on your questions. Don't be bashful. They're all good questions, and uh, you get some valuable information for sure. In between, though, Mohammed's Up says, I have two grandchildren, and my son needs a lot of help taking care of them right now because their daycare is closed. I tried to take time off work, but my employer said, uh, employer has said that they cannot let me take any more time this year. Are they allowed to do this? So right now, I would actually say they're not allowed to do this. In normal circumstances, you know, Mohammed wouldn't qualify for any of the leaves uh, of absences under the Employment Standards Act. But right now, with the current uh, emergency infectious disease, uh, disease emergency leave, they've actually carved out an exception for individuals who need to care for their children, One, and that includes both children and grandchildren in this situation. So whether so, his employer really wants to or not, he has to let him take a leave of absence in this situation. So even though he's not the primary caregiver, he's not the parent of this uh, of this uh, son of my, of uh, well two grandchildren. So is what I'm saying is he's not the primary caregiver. He can still in normal normal circumstances or at least circumstances now he can actually stay off and help out. Yes, and the leave wow. includes both you know primary caregivers and in this instance a grandparent because you know they recognize that in a situation like this, I'm assuming that the person has to go to work, and there's no daycare available. Schools are closed. Who's going to look after the children? If, if a person is an essential worker and they have to go into work, someone has to look after the children, and that's what this was carved out for. 416-870-6400 is the number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the uh, email address. Jennifer says, uh, I was laid off in March and have not been recalled. Is my employer allowed to terminate me during the current pandemic? Uh, I've heard this actually a few times, John, because the, and it, I understand the confusion because the infectious disease emergency leave uh, regulations actually say that after the leave ends, which hopefully for all our sakes is going to be July 3rd, uh, once that leave that ends, you are entitled to be reinstated to your position. So from that, I've heard a lot of people say, well, how can I be terminated when this infectious disease you know, period is going on when I'm entitled to be reinstated to my position. And just like other leaves of absences, and it's not particular to this one, you are, you know, an employer can always make reasonable adjustments to their workforce. As long as those adjustments or terminations have nothing to do with your leave of absence. So, you know, another example is a person who might be on maternity leave and an individual getting terminated on maternity leave Generally speaking, you are not allowed to do that, as, but if you can show, and 
that it had nothing to do with the individual's maternity leave, that it was a termination that would have happened regardless, and there was no other position available for them that they could have been transferred into, then you are still allowed to terminate that individual. And that also applies during the IDEL leave as well. You want to reach out to Stan if you have more concerns when we're not doing the show, maybe have more of a uh, lengthy private conversation, no problem. one 821 5900 is uh, how you do that. Uh, Mike, thanks for standing by for a moment. Good evening. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I Just a quick question with the LTD. Sure. Um, when you're off of work and the company has, like I've been out uh, the same company 20 years and we have profit sharing, of uh, the RSPs and everything, and the company holds that 30%, uh, you can't get that money unless you're uh, broke, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of kind of interconnected concepts there. I'm not sure sure I'm following you, Mike. So you're off on disability leave, and while on disability leave, your employer is telling you they're not going to pay out your profit-sharing bonus? No, I collected or I got everything out that I could, but there's thirty percent of something. I imagine it'd be RSP or something, something to do with the company funds. I imagine I don't know. So you're talking about your an RSP pro where you took yeah. money out of it. Okay, so the RSP is generally not administered by the employer. Um, that's administered by a administrator or insurance company, oftentimes. And the particulars of any RSP plan are based on the documents that create your RSP. So the person you would have to talk to, Mike, is you would have to call whoever it is that administers the RSP, whether it's Sun Life, Manulife, Marno Chappelle, what have you, and ask them what's going on specifically because they can tell you about the particulars of your policies and tell you how to get your money out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm stuck there. I did that, and it's, they hold back 30%, Sun Life does. Okay. I mean, I have, this is, sounds like something where you'd have to talk to a lawyer and look at the specific terms of the plan to figure out what's going on. Uh, so if you want to give us a call, you know, anytime this week, we'd be happy to hook, hook you up with a consultation. And you can speak to someone in more depth and actually who can review the documents and give you better clarity on the situation. Mikey, appreciate the call. Uh, my brother, enjoy the rest of your evening. Here's the number I'm going to give you to reach out, as Stan said to the uh, the firm and have a better conversation it is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. help at employmentlawyer.ca but to call in now for the remainder of the time just like mike you want to do that 416-870-6400 in that regard fred is up next hello fred good evening uh hi how are you today guys good sir what's um, going on I have with a you question. i have a question for you um as i told the guy that answered the phone i I'm 72 years old. Um, I work for an essential service, uh, a lab, and I take blood to Toronto every night um, by different specimens. And at my age, I have a, a slight condition from an accident a year ago about, um, you know, uh, uh, with my heart. And uh, my kids are telling me, you know, Dad, you gotta, you got to get out of there. But I don't want to get out of here. I want to work. Um, is there any, any benefit for me, like, to take a, a leave of absence and, you know, get some sort of pay for it until I can get a vaccine or, you know, uh, until this thing is calmed yeah. down a bit? Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, firstly, I think it would depend on what your insurance uh, plan 
entails. Like if you have a disability leave component to your insurance that you get through work, that is generally, if you know, those tend to be a bit more, well, significantly more generous, I would say, than government programs. And so, I, you know, that's the first thing to look into. Do you have a short-term disability leave program? If you do not, then you're going to be, you know, your other alternative is to go on EI sick benefits, which will give you 15 weeks of eligibility for $595 a month, uh, a week, sorry. So, but I mean, I, I can't do that though. I can't get uh, unemployment insurance because of my age. Uh, no, EI is not based on age. It's based on insurable hours. So you, if you're 72 or if you're 18, you qualify for EI as long as you have enough insurable insurable hours. Oh, uh, okay. I was told by EI that I couldn't get it because I'm already getting Canada pension and old age pension. Ah, uh, that might be something different. Because those yeah. offset, those could offset. Um, I get it, but they would take it off. Yeah, the other yeah. pensions. Right. Yeah, those they offset programs, but the, the EI is not based on age specifically. Um, okay. So I mean, I, I guess your alternative would be just to look into your disability coverage if you have it through work. I have Sun Life through work. Yes. Yeah, so, so look to see if you qualify for the disability coverage. I mean, you'll need your doctor's assistance because those programs do still require you to provide medical information that supports your absence. Uh, uh-huh. But as long as you have a supportive doctor, you should be able to qualify. Okay, so that's uh, basically that's about my only alternative is to go on Sun Life. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to take a leave of absence while getting paid to do so, those are your alternatives. Yeah. Of course, you can always... No, you can take an unpaid leave of absence as long as your doctor is supportive at any time. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Fred. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Good luck. And uh, there you go. We'll uh, wait, uh, wait rather for uh, more phone calls. We have open lines. If you got some time, give us a call. 416-870-6400 is the way to do that. Or we can get to your email. If we got enough time to get through them all, that would be help at employmentlawyer.ca. James says, I signed a two-year contract with my employer. I specifically negotiated it for two years because I was required to move from BC for this contract. After five months, the company has now terminated me and paid me only one week of wages. Is there anything I can do as I feel I've been treated very unfairly? That's an understatement for this evening, that's for sure. Yeah. That's a very difficult situation. I mean, there's a lot you can do in that situation, James. Um, firstly, you know, you got to look at the contract. Just like any contract, does it allow you allow the company to terminate you before the end of the contract or without reasonable notice? Now, you know, if there's a termination clause, we evaluate the same way as we would with any other contract, whether it's well, in this instance, what we would call a fixed-term contract or an in most instances, what we call an indefinite term contract. Uh, The one big difference, actually, when it comes to fixed-term contracts is that if there is no termination clause or if the termination clause itself is found to be unenforceable, that individual is now entitled to the entire balance of the contract. And even more than that, John, it's not subject to the concept that we call mitigation that obligation that the court imposes on people to go find work, and if they do, they reduce their damages by the income that they earn. Yeah, fixed-term contracts, based on some fairly recent case law, uh, say essentially the idea is that you negotiate a contract that doesn't have a clause that allows 
the employer to end it before the, the end date of the contract. And unless it specifically says, you know, mitigation applies, uh, that's not going to be read by the court either. That's why you're going to be entitled to the entirety of the contract if there is no termination clause or you can get around the termination clause. And, and one other point in this uh, scenario that I, I don't think it, you know, is probably James may be aware of, but because he was forced to move from BC and incur those costs and you know, presumably may be forced to move back to BC and incur those, the cost of going back, those can be encompassed as part of your damages as well. Um, you know, it kind of comes down to the court will ask. I mean, are these mid- are these expenses reasonably foreseeable if the employment contract is terminated? And in many situations where you know you're inducing an employee to move halfway across the the country for a job, you better be aware that if you let them go early, you might be forced to pay for their move back to to where they came from. Wow! No kidding. It's interesting stuff there, especially that fact that they, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have to go out and necessarily have to have that contract, you know, reduced based on the availability of other work. That's the contract. He's got a year and seven months left on that sucker. And if there's nothing in his contract when he signed it, you got to you gotta pay up for sure. 416-870-6400 is the number. Joe, good evening. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm on unemployment, and I, I got it before March 15 of uh, twenty. 20. So uh, I never got the CRB. It was just straight unemployment, and it's running out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just have in the world trying to find a job, and I'm just wondering, is there, is there any way they extend that to CERB after your unemployment runs out? I tried asking unemployment, and they said, uh, we don't know anything about CERB. Once you run out of here, there's nothing else we can do for you on unemployment. But is there another program that maybe – because of these times where you can't find anything, lockdowns, like, it, is there an extension, anything like that? Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely, Joe. There is another program that you would qualify for. It's the CRB, the Canadian Recovery Benefit. Uh, one of the eligibility criteria for the CRB is that you're not eligible to receive EI. And so if you're running out of EI eligibility, once that occurs or just beforehand, you know, go online, apply for the CRB, and then they'll take you through the process. They're being administrated by different uh, departments of the government. EI is usually Service Canada. The CRB, I believe, is done by the Canadian Revenue Agency. So that might be why they're, you know, not EI is not telling you whether you do or do not qualify. But the oh. best way to find out whether you qualify is, you know, and the only way really is just to apply and see if you qualify. Okay, I will do that one. Yeah, when the next pay runs out, so they said that you have to, you have to wait. You know, once your payment's over and so on. So I will do that. Thank you. Awesome, Joe. Perfect example of information you just picked up in two minutes that he had no idea. Most of us didn't either. So it's uh, it's good. We're glad we could uh, we could answer that one. Still got uh, a few minutes to go here. We'll get to uh, Anthony. Hey, Anthony, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? I just uh, have a question. Uh, my brother, uh, it's for my brother, actually. He has banked, uh, a, you know, maybe about 200 hours of uh, overtime, and the company that he works for, instead of paying out the overtime, they are telling their employee, employees to, uh, you know, take time off. But my question is, so that would be in lieu of the overtime pay. My question is, if he does, if the if the employees don't want to take time off, and they want the full payout, 
would uh, like how does that work? Could they do that? Uh, well, I would say they are generally entitled to the full payout. Like you know, if your employer wants to establish a policy where instead of paying an individual overtime, they give them time in lieu. They have to do that before you accrue the overtime. I mean, it has to be clear from the from the beginning. This is our policy. These are our expectations. This is what you can expect to receive. You know, they can't do it after your brothers accumulate two hundred dollars or two hundred hours in overtime, and then decide that oh, they'd rather not pay that. Okay. The other the other question I have is, believe it or not, after he they you know he they did approve all this these hours. The other question yeah. I have is. When he when he went to them and and you know told them okay you know what are we going to do about the two hundred hours they 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 told them that they would give him fifty cents uh, on fifty cents on for each you know on the dollar wow. yeah are they no, I mean not, no of course they're not allowed to do that I mean you know I would not only are they not allowed to do that overtime is actually supposed to be paid a time and a half now you know a lot of people mistake overtime for additional hours because not everybody qualifies for overtime. You know, it's for example, people who are managers don't qualify for overtime. But if you work the additional hours and those hours were approved by your employer, you know, they owe you the money. And they certainly can't try to negotiate after you've worked the hours for some lesser payment than what you're already owed. Okay. Okay. All right. So thank you very much. Thanks, Anthony. If uh, you know your brother wants to reach out and uh, get some more information, sounds like he should. This company is just one big bowl of wrong. You want to call this number, uh, 1-855-821-5900. Anthony or help at employmentlawyer.ca is the uh, the email address. So there you go. we got a couple minutes. Let me get to uh, one more quick one here. Albert, can I be terminated while on disability leave? Short and sweet. Yeah, uh, as I said, short and sweet, the answer is yes, as long as it has nothing to do with the disability leave. Uh, you can certainly still be terminated while on leave. And if that's the case, would he get uh, enhanced severance, full severance, or just what he's got coming to him? Uh, well, one of one of two situations. I mean, you can either be terminated and get your severance, or if the disability runs or if the leave of absence runs for quite a long period of time, and if there's no reasonably foreseeable period uh or if your doctor is not willing to say that you're capable of returning in a reasonably foreseeable period, then they can actually argue frustration of contract, in which case you would only be unfortunately entitled to your minimums under the ESA. Is that uh, usually a lengthy thing, and it's got the uh, support of your your medical team saying, yeah, this guy's been off for, or girl's been off for two years, 200 years, whatever, they're not coming back. The, The likelihood of them ever getting better or enough to come back to work is highly unlikely, so that's that's the qualification through your doctor, though, correct? Yeah, uh, I mean, ultimately, that's that's the perspective. You know, you take it, yes, it's also about length of absence. The longer, obviously, the more likely it's a frustration, but more importantly, it's more of a snapshot at the time that the employer alleges frustration. So, you know, you could be off, as I said, you know, I had a client who was off for 10 years. The employer actually forgot about her because they left Canada. Uh, and then they ended up somehow remembering about her and sending her a letter saying, you're terminated, here's your final ESA payment, frustration of contract. But at that, by that point, she had recovered quite a great deal in her employer, and her doctors were actually supportive in saying, actually, no, after the next surgery, we think she was going to come back to work. And that's the main question when it comes to frustration. At the time you're being terminated, what is your uh, 
pro, uh, medical prognosis. What is likely going to happen? Is if your doctor is willing to say that there's a reasonably foreseeable, uh, reasonably foreseeable likelihood that you'll return to work, then you can't argue frustration. We are done for another evening back here Wednesday night at the same time. And then the weekend shows, of course, if you want to go to employmentlawyer.ca, the website, you will catch uh, the archive of our long-running TV show as well. In the meantime, reaching out to Stan Lior, member of the team. No problem, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And remember, go there first, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The website's free, anonymous. It's awesome. Don't go anywhere. Coming right back with On Point, Alex Pearson is coming back on Global News Radio.